Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Industry. Right, it's been another week so it's time to take another peek behind the curtain of the unsigned and independent scene. This week I'll be talking to the brilliant team behind a great all-female festival happening up in Manchester on the 14th of August. The festival is called No Man's Land. It's a great team that's got behind it consisting of Katie, Eden and Neve. They're just really passionate about what they do and sort of the way f- um, female bands have been represented in festival lineups lately. So uh, without further ado, let's kind of get stuck into this week's interview. So to begin, I'm here with the No Man's Land team. Uh, would you kind of just like to introduce your, yourselves and then we'll get into kind of the background behind the festival? Sure. Um, I'm Katie, um, the originator of No Man's Land. Um, yeah. I'm 20. I'm studying music journalism at BIM, which is how I know Neve. Um, yeah. I met Eden through Twitter a couple of years ago, and now we're never apart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is something I've wanted to do for a while, and yeah. this year's the first year I've felt well-equipped enough to do it, and yeah. it's just... So Neve and Eden were dragged along. She <laughs> <laughs> dragged along in your wake kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it kind of like um, the initial big idea was to do a full festival or did you think? No, about... definitely no. not. No, no. no. Um, <laughs> it started out as a gig. Um, I said I wanted to do a gig, headliner, three supports yeah. at most. But then the amount of support that we got was just like, in those first few hours yeah it was just like we're gonna have to go bigger because we didn't want to i literally spent seven hours that first night responding to dms on twitter (laughs) like we literally wanted like you know two or three bands next thing yeah seven hours deep and then i woke up the next day and spent another four hours replying to people wow yeah. So, so there's de- definitely a uh, sort of a market out there for this kind of thing, then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was it sort of like when it came down to when was kind of the decision to make to do the festival? Was was that like an easy thing to say? Let's just go big. It was sort of we had like the idea to do a gig, and yeah. then when we got the amount of like interest that we had, we thought it'll just be probably easier. Yeah. Rather than rejecting pretty much everyone. Yeah. We thought if we can just get as many people involved as possible and go, like, as big as we, like, can. Yeah. So, because obviously you're holding the festival at a venue. Was that the original venue that was originally going to hold just the The gig? It was the original venue and the original date that we wanted as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, like, I messaged Eden and Neve and I was like, I want yes on the 14th of August. And I was like... That's me aiming for the stars there. Yes, is like our favourite venue ever. Yeah. Uh, and we were like, all right, let's just see what happens. And the next minute we had yes on the 14th of August. And it was just a bit like, okay. <laughs> the stars this is happening. for us there, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, were they like really eager to kind of get behind and support like um, what what is sort of like a really good cause at, at the moment? Yeah. Um, yeah. They've been supportive of us. So like the amount of support that we get. 
from people who are like helping us behind the scenes is just like everyone's saying there's such a need for stuff like this yeah which is nice and it's nice to see people supporting it and getting behind it yeah so it was kind of a case of you started having to kind of turn people down like thanks we'd really like your help but thanks, we've got but... loads of people <laughs> yeah. yeah and like people try and like get involved with it even now when like artists send us applications and stuff yeah. to play and it's like oh. yeah, we literally <laughs> already had to start a shortlist for doing one next year because really yeah we're just yeah. getting that many like just every day we've got a dm like hey you still accepting bands do you have any slots left yeah. Or like managers will come across it and they'll be like, Oh, I have a couple of artists that I think would be really good for this. It's like we really appreciate your enthusiasm. However, like the lineup yeah. has been finalized for a good few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so was that was that sort of like finalized quite early on, the lineup, considering the sort of response you had, was it quite easy to fill it? We've sort of been very aware of the fact that we've got like what is now less than three months. But like when we started, we had like just over four months to pull it all off before festival day. <laughs> so we've sort of got the smaller acts together. We got like the smaller acts together. Yeah. Fairly quickly within like the first couple of weeks. Probably less than that. And everyone like confirmed. Yeah. Then it was just sorting like your headliners out. Yeah. Your top few. Which is like the big thing because everyone's already playing everywhere this summer everyone's already doing this festival or going on tour in october so yeah they don't want to double book and that's what we ran into quite a lot so like getting like the big three was like the hardest part i guess yeah, like everyone like everyone's covid reschedules as well like yeah yeah had stuff booked for 2021 and then stuff that was supposed to happen in 2020 that had had to be rescheduled. So we've even come up to like bands who sort of got double the amount of gigging going on this year than they normally would. Yeah. Okay. Little... This was like stuff at the start of 2022 with like tours, the sort of like, yes, we've got like six months before our tour. Yeah. But we kind of want that gap. So we yeah. can bang and stuff. Yeah, so they can take their time to sort of get themselves blow off the cobwebs and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, Did you have anyone sort of in mind for headline slots when you sort of started planning the festival? Yeah, like literally. Yeah. Um, the secret headliner, who we can't currently announce. Okay. <laughs> on the first day that Katie brought up doing the gig, we said, oh, yeah. it'd be sick if we could get these guys to headline. Next thing you know, we've got them confirmed, but like obviously due to like um, other touring and stuff and, yeah. um, and an upcoming release, we're contractually obliged to announce them like no earlier than was it like two weeks before the gig? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the options. The but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is slightly annoying, but we're working <laughs> with it. It's, well, hopefully it's, it's going to be one of those reveals that's worth the wait. Yeah, it's going to pop yeah. off once we can say who it is. But... Yeah. Oh, no, nice. And did the other two headlines, were they people that you'd kind of worked with before or are they all kind of brand new? Lynx is um, like sub-headline in the pink room and Lynx yeah. was one of the names that I said 
early on. I was like, I need links. I will yeah. put the graft in to get links. And yeah. I did put that bloody graft in. The amount of emails <laughs> I sent to get links playing is yeah. something that we are not allowed to talk about because the amount of follow-up emails that were involved in that is a bit embarrassing. But that was like the biggest thing I've ever pulled yeah. out. Oh, no. But, Brilliant. It sounds like you have been like hard at work because obviously given that you've done it in such a short space of time, it was obviously just going to be a single day, couple of bands, all that, and then obviously with it exploding, did, did you find, especially with lockdown, was it a, did, was it a lot harder to organise something on this scale than it would have been normally? Um, I don't know. I think in a way it's easier, because like, yeah. if we want like help with someone, like we've got people helping us that we have like regular Zoom meetings with. Yeah. It's sort of much easier to do that than like us all just getting to Manchester last minute. We can yeah. just jump on a Zoom call the next day at like yeah. 10 o'clock. Yeah, I think like the only thing that has been harder is the fact that like for so long after we'd started organising it, there was no guarantee that, you know, restrictions would be lifted for it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and there still isn't. Yeah. Like, mm. like it, we sit in a conversation that's like, is it going to happen? And oh, not. And then it's like, we say an F and R about it, but I suppose we just yeah. have to act the same way that everybody else is and say it's happening until somebody says it isn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Especially with the amount of majors that are like cancelling seemingly on like a daily basis because of like insurance issues or whatever. Because obviously we're on a much smaller scale. Yeah. But it's sort of like you can't help but look when like with the Indian variant and stuff. Yeah. Is this just going to be a slippery slope when is it just not going to happen? Yeah, it must be quite sort of like, like you said, it's just easier to kind of just be like, I'll just keep my head down, keep going forwards and we'll deal with it when it comes to it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. kind of like, we're not really accepting the fact they might not go ahead just yet. It's just yeah. like, it will happen. Whatever which yeah. way it happens, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, even if it's just a camera in a room on the stage, we're doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Something will work. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll have something on that date. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and obviously this came from kind of a um, born out of a frustration for what a lot of people kind of feel um is a lack of female uh, female representation on festival lineups and things like that. Has has this been a kind of a long standing thing that you've wanted to do something about? I think for me I've always spoke really loud and obnoxiously loud about the lack of gender representation on festival lineups on Twitter, yeah. in my writing, in everything I do. And I'm like, it's always been my mission. In my uni work, I sit and talk about it all the time because yeah. it's just something I'm passionate about. And I think after like last year, we all thought, okay, things are going to get better. You've had two years basically to sort this shit out, right? Yeah. And then everything's announced and we've got like a lineup that's built for 2005 and we're all just like oh we're really yeah. serious right now yeah. did i step into yeah. a time machine last year yeah it, yeah you know i feel like the lineups have kind of taken a step backwards in terms of gender representation mm. i would take like 2020 was by no means a brilliant year for it However, yeah. this year festivals seem to have really doubled down and they're just like, right, we're all going to Buckley and Gallagher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the extent it, does, it, it feels like going back to the 90s. It. Like, 
Yeah. People will sit there and be like, you're salty because you've not got a ticket. Mm. Like, if I wanted to go, I would buy a ticket. Yeah, yeah I, I think... Cause I, what what do you sort of, like, from your own sort of viewpoints and experiences, like, what, how, why, why do you think these festivals kind of do float towards, like, your typical headliners and things like that? Do, do you think it is, like, a financial thing, maybe? I think, or... I think kind of a financial thing, but yeah. also I think it's because a lot of festivals, especially over here, they're all, like, based around lad culture. They're based around mm. people who don't necessarily go to gigs or go wherever they go to festivals that's their live music done for the year yeah so that's what they want to see and i think that's where a lot of the thing of people booking safe bets comes from because they're thinking yeah if we can throw something on that everybody knows then we'll sell the tickets we'll have whatever happening yeah is that the way it should be no but that's the way it sort of is yeah. it's all very much like booking an act knowing like liam gallagher if he does like don't look back in anger you know that everyone's gonna know it and go just to see don't look back in anger yeah 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 it's like yeah same like cortinas people book cortinas because they're gonna play not 19 forever and they'll get good crowd picks because someone will let a flare off that is literally the reason they do it like yeah it's all a publicity to look make it look really amazing but Oh, uh, by the way, we haven't got any women on stage, but um, look at all this money we've made. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Because I think that that, for me, because I organise sort of similar to what you're doing, a one-day festival kind of thing for charity. And um, I always try and mix it up so much. And for the last couple of years, I I book a covers band to end the night with because I just think it's like a big party. kind of thing but they've all been um, female fronted covers bands because for me I just think there's so much more variety when it comes to female artists out there there's so much more range there's like I've found in doing this listening to indie artists they're not bad I'm not saying all these bands are like really bad or anything like but they can get a bit samey vocally and which is why when I do my radio show and all that I, I often do pick female artists a bit more because as I said, there's just a lot more range and variety, which is why when I see these festival lineups, I just think, where's your, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. there's so much to choose from out there. With a lot of them, it's almost as if like female artists are seen as a genre of their own rather than like being artists yeah. into other genres and make like the kind of music that you want to have on stage. It's just like the kind of like, oh, no, female music. That's for other places, yeah. not here. Yeah. It's like Leeds. Is it this year? Is it Leeds that have the stage of all women on like the Sunday afternoon? Yeah. In what mm. should be the Festival of Public stage? Yeah. And it's sort of like none of them actually go together. They're all just vaguely like indie artists. Yeah. That all happen to be women. Yeah. It's just like tokenism in it. It's just like yeah. they put them there to be like, woohoo, we got some women on the lineup. <laughs> but also, you're putting them on on a Sunday afternoon. Everyone's knackered. We all want to yeah. go home. Like, <laughs> they're, they're all hungover trying to sleep it off till the headline act that evening. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it just feels like a, a bit empty. Yeah. And like the fact that it's a separate stage as well, it's kind of just like, you know, if you have gone for the headliner, as most people have, yeah. And deemed to stay at the main stage for most of the day to try and get a decent spot. Like you actively have to leave. To yeah. That. Whereas, like, if you want better representation, like 
pepper them throughout the rest of your lineup. Yeah, like don't just be like, oh, we've got women, but they're over there. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that that <It's> pink like... <laughs> tent. Are they yeah. aware of what people do on like a Sunday afternoon at Leeds? Like, yeah. I know some people do stay until the Monday. But yeah. I went in 2019 and Sunday afternoon was basically everyone packing up. Yeah. So they could see 21 pilots and then leaving straight after that. Yeah. It's easier than leaving on the Monday. Yeah, yeah. So so it's it's, it's almost like there's that it's trying to be like we're inclusive but not because it's kind of done in a sort of rushed oh we need to look like we're inclusive. It doesn't it yeah. kind of feels a bit hollow for kind of you guys who were doing this out of a genuine sort of yeah. response to it you, you think that it's you'd rather have a genuine say a couple of female acts on a main stage than them set up a tent in the corner of a field yeah. and say yeah. look at us being inclusive yeah it's like, like it it's like when yeah it also it's like when transmit did the queen's stage a couple of years ago it's mm. the exact same thing as that and there was an uproar about it as there should be because it's just like empty it's just like <laughs> Let's put them all over here in the corner and then yeah. carry on with what we're doing usually on the other side of the field. It's just like... It just seems like a really half-assed effort to get people on the internet to shut up. Like, yeah, like, it's kind of a, look, we are doing something yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, can't say that we aren't booking women because here's an entire stage of women. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that there's sort of sometimes it's... People, I think you mentioned it a, a bit earlier, but it's excused a lot of the time. Like, it's, oh, we, we didn't really get that many responses. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think this year, a lot, it's been excused. Yeah. I've, I've seen it a lot this year, and it's like, oh, but we've been in a pandemic, so? Have all the women died or something? Have <laughs> <laughs> we all lot? Is that what you're trying to say? Have we all gone? Yeah. It's the same excuses of, like, they're charging too much. Yeah. They weren't available. Like, but, yeah. but they wouldn't sell the tickets. That for a mask. It's not like, what? Yeah. Like, it's literally like, you're happy to pay out however many hundreds of thousands for Liam Gallagher. Yeah. But then you won't, like, you won't pay five grand for women. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It's like a real kind of like, well, what? Like, like Liam Gallagher, I don't blame I enjoy listening to him every now and again, but, like, I think sort of early oasis was kind of it for him yeah <laughs> kind of thing like it's it's yeah. kind of but it's the name it's because i spoke to someone before where it's not just really the organizers it's sort of like the media as well they don't really do much to push any new artists oh yeah as a whole, female or none yeah. it all starts but, from yeah. the bottom it all starts yeah. from the bottom and it works its way up and it's amplified every year by festivals being announced because yeah. the public see the festival lineups and they expect to see the biggest names in music yeah year on year and if you're a person who just consumes music whatever and that's your way of doing it and you go to festivals and that's it that's your be all and end all you don't do anything else yeah. you're going to see that and think okay these are the biggest people in music yeah. or if an older person who doesn't have much to do with music sees the Reginald and Lee's lineup for example they're going to see whoever at the top of the bill and think okay these are the big ones yeah it's just like actually that's not really the case but they're just like going blindside and you Reading and yeah. Leeds they've just booked Post Malone for like the fifth year in a row <laughs> like 
it's like, aren't isn't anyone bored yet? Yeah, like yeah. Um, <laughs> like this is what we're saying. Like all of these lineups are so stale and boring. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, it's because they're popular. Find me one person who wants to see Post Malone headline Reading and Reading and Leeds like four or five years on the run. Literally. Yeah. It's because I remember I listened to um, a while ago now, actually, they, they posed a question to an events organizer. I think it might have been the guy from Reading or Leeds or one of the big ones. And he was saying that his excuse was we have to book the bigger bands up to three years in advance sometimes. And that's why we have like Coldplay and Foo Fighters and all these all the time. And it's like, well, then maybe go try and keep it a bit more up to date by not booking them. <laughs> Like, like, do it, like, like you've managed to do in four months, book an entire festival, get three, get like three big bands to finish the night off with within four months. And it's like, well, it can be done. You don't need three years to plan a festival kind like, of thing. Literally, if you are booking three years in advance, have a look at the mid-level bands who are really stuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. by the time they come around, you're going to be one of very few of the major festivals who's got them at yeah. the lineup just as they're hitting like their absolute height yeah definitely i think that does need and i think that's what the kind of growth in sort of festivals like yours are sort of grassroots festivals i think that there could be a kind of an upsurge i don't know about you but in in those kinds of festivals that do take a chance on different bands different sounds and no i i agree yeah. with that yeah a lot because like we speak about it a lot to all sorts of different people and like the common thing we always say is like the smaller festivals pull it off every year yeah like you've got like psych fest in manchester this year who are pulling off yeah slap bang really good lineup really really solid you've got like dr dot who do it every year neighborhood. Yeah. sound city neighborhood Day festival, not the weekender. We don't talk about Ian Brown. Uh, moving on, um, <laughs> just sort of clear that air up. Yeah, you've got all of those live at Leeds, whatever. You've got all of those stag and dagger, whatever you want to. Yeah, brand it as. There's all of them who do it time and time again. I think the more people that do, the more it will show people up at the at the big levels. Well, like look at like there in Glastonbury and whatever. They can yeah. do it, so it's possible yeah. for other big festivals to do it. They just clearly are lacking the willingness to do it. Yeah, yeah I think it's sort of, they want to kind of, they all don't want to be the first to make the move just in case it fails kind of thing on the larger level. But it's level. kind of like, look at Boardmasters this year. Yeah. I wouldn't, I like George Smith, but I wouldn't have put it as a festival headliner yet. But yeah. the minute they, they like announced it, they were like, Oh my God, George Smith's headlining Boardmasters and got a really like good reception for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually on. The, I was talking to someone doing an interview, and they just got that notification, and we spent about ten minutes talking <laughs> about like this is where it, this is where the change happens. Or Literally, we got really little, like, little bit was, excited when that was announced. Because <laughs> right, we sit there, right? People announce we're announcing a lineup. We sit there like somebody get on Photoshop, get ready, and then George <laughs> Smith announced, and we were all like, "Wow, George yeah. Smith, that's massive." <laughs> And like that's something like that. It's like the more rogue you go with your festival lineup, the more diversity you're you're gonna yeah. see in your audiences. Yeah. And realistically, right, it's twenty twenty one. That's what you want. You more want more diverse people. You want yeah. a more diverse representative spread of people. And the way to do it is by booking people who are pushing for this diversity. And not just like 
pale waves will phallus we'll call it a day though <laughs> yeah like as yeah. much as i feel like they both deserve the slots and have the yeah. size for the slots it's kind of like again yeah. like pale waves are written and leads every year always yeah. in the same slot also <laughs> like oh, it's, it's the same with sports team as well like sports teams drummer is a woman and it's just like they get a pro online up so that feels like tokenism we have a woman yeah. she plays the drums in this band that are on second on the first day yeah. <laughs> looking at boardmasters as well like loads of people have picked getting tickets to boardmasters over any other festival because the lineup's so different there's the yeah at all of these other bigger festivals and they're just recycling the same act who's buying tickets yeah. to multiple festivals when they've all got the same lineup whereas if you all oh, have yeah yeah ones, you are going to get people who are going to go to multiple festivals. Yeah. That's issue, that's issue like, because obviously there'd still be an issue if there was still, like, a really bad, like, gender balance. But it's made ten times worse by the fact that, like, Liam Gallagher, James, Ian Brown are all at the same festivals. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah. if you had different men, maybe I'd curve a bit less. Yeah, the, if, even the Ian Brown thing is like something that annoys me a lot. Like he's literally come out as an anti-vaxxer, all of this COVID mm. denier doing all of this, and people are still booking him. Are you telling me that there's women here doing worse than that? Telling yeah. people what they yeah. should be doing, mouthing off on the internet, and like, because if it was a woman doing something like that, they'd never get booked again. Oh no, they'd, they'd get they'd get like oh, you'd no, never sorry. hear the end. We of do it. not associate with that. Even yeah, when you'd never hear the end of it. Dropped him. It was very very quietly. Yeah, yeah. It was in the small print, <laughs> come on, come on, and then trans may have still got him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's just it is it is for me as like um as like a, a man looking at it. Sometimes I get a bit like worried about getting involved too much kind of thing, but it's it's sort of. It baffles me with, like you say, booking Ian Brown after all that stuff that he's done on the internet. And at quite a big moment when to come out and say things like that has an impact on people. Yeah. Seems really weird to justify him by saying, here you go, have a headline slot. Yeah. yeah you, it's like saying they agree with it in a yeah. way. Like, it's yeah. like, we, we've seen this message because there's not a chance in hell that they haven't because it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're just like amplifying it even more because you just know he's going to get on that stage. Because yeah. it's really like I'm not playing anywhere that requires tests or a vaccine passport or anything. Yeah. And it's sort of like, how are you keeping him on the lineup? Yeah. When the reality of a, of a festival in summer this year is that yeah. one or all of those will have to happen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like he's even being quiet about it in private. He's like publicly coming out yeah. and being like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's like, oh, okay, then Ian, we'll still have you. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's bonkers. But that's why I love sort of like your festival and different other festivals. Like I said, more kind of the one day festivals that I think are going to be the driving force behind the change in lineups and things to come. Because as you said, it starts from the ground up and hopefully in five or ten years time, we won't be having to have this kind of conversation. Yeah. I hope so, yeah. Hopefully. I yeah, think... There's just, like I said, there's so much that needs to be changed from the bottom yeah. up and we want to be a cause for change and there's so much that we're doing and there's so much that so many people are doing Yeah. that is going to be a cause for change, touch wood. And it's yeah. just like, the more people who see it, the more people who get behind it, the more people who amplify it, the louder the change will be. 
Definitely. And then, then do you also feel that like that change as well, not just on the stage, but could be applied to sort of like your backstage area, like sound engineers and, and oh. things like that? Do you think there needs to be more yeah. representation there too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the- I, I don't really know any tour managers that are women. Yeah. It's very rare. Yeah. Same with sound techs and stuff. The more you diversify these kind of things, the easier it's going to be to get like better representation for everyone. Yeah. Industry. And I think as well, like it truly goes back to like what you're encouraged to do in school, like right even before you've decided that that's what you want to do. Like, yeah. you know, you always meet girls who are like, oh, yeah, I played the drums and then my school just favoured the male drummer over me. So, yeah, put this instrument instead or like with engineering, whatever. I know loads of girls who've been talked out of following that kind of path by their schools. And it's just yeah. it's all of this like everyday ingrained sexism that then goes on to create this massive issue within specific industries. Yeah, because I, I spoke to someone um, before, a, a couple of months ago now, interviewing a, an artist, and she does a bit of sound engineering as well, and she said when she first turned up to one, she stood there at the sound desk, and they were like, you're right, love, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm doing the sound. She's like, are you sure you know how everything works? And it's just like, oh, God. It's like, how are we still dealing with that kind of thing? Like, yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's bonkers. Like, why, just because... They're not a man. You think they don't know how a couple of knobs and sliders work? Like it's it's not the most difficult thing in the world in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's to so to say that and mean it. It's just oh no, it makes me real. Makes me feel really cringy. It is cringy, and it's yeah. just like we're supposed to be progressing, and like you've seen like the key change initiative where people like you're supposed to make. Virtually every lineup in some way is supposed to be 50 50 by 2022. Yeah. But it feels like we're going backwards, not even in lineup aspects. It's everything that feels like we're going backwards. Yeah. It's like yeah. one person will criticize us and then it'll be another person jumps on that. And it's just like. Yeah. Have, have you come up against much kind of moaning? Yeah, but mainly from yeah. women. Really? Yeah. Yeah, which surprises <laughs> us even more. We get women. Women will be like the ones to start it. Yeah. Like a woman will say something. Then you'll have men jumping in and being like, oh, it's fine. Because my friend, the woman who started it, has said it. Yeah. And so we get a lot of crit and it's just like women who are like pretty blind to everything that's going on. Who are like... It's all... um... Women in a certain age group as well with a very specific taste in music. So like they really want to see Liam Gallagher and Ian Brown as the only Yeah. And apparently for us saying that that's stale and boring, we've committed some kind of crime. Oh, how dare you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's literally what it is. And then they get all of their their Liam Gallagher fans, all well-haircutted men, to all come and back them up. And we just sat there like... And they'll sit there like saying stuff like, is this what feminism's become? like women are getting killed in other countries and it's mm. like yeah but multiple issues exist yeah it's like what well, why do you always have to go extreme like, yeah like, like, we're, we're not correlating the two the extreme worst thing 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's never it's like, like... No, it's, it literally is that. It's like, if like it's the same correlation to where somebody complains about something and then like some old person appears like, I was in the war. It's yeah. the same thing, but in yeah. a different situation. Just, wait, just waiting for Hitler to come into the conversation. It's that kind yeah. of ridiculousness. Yeah. <laughs> just like, but what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that hasn't affected me. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's stabbed and you went to hospital you aren't gonna like put some savlon on like a little graze that you have from a previous fall first are you like <laughs> yeah. you're going to you're going to treat what needs things immediately yeah so if we can treat something pretty immediately and see like a turnaround from there yeah like then we can start you know going to all of the extra bits that yeah you know but when there's an immediate fix why not go for it yeah definitely because it, it's not like you're trying to change women's rights everywhere because like a, a music sort of thing like that can only be a catalyst for a larger and wider change and for me i think it's brilliant what you're doing because it showcases that there is enough to choose from out there like you said you yeah. spent nearly like however many hours like 18 hours or so going through just female artists alone who want to play, want to perform and all this. And it's just great that you're highlighting that fact. And this can be that small little change that should impact on more people and get more people to notice it and go, well, actually, I heard them. They were actually good. Let's book them this year. Let's maybe take a chance because this has really been popular. Let's Let's do it. And even if it is kind of jumping on a bandwagon type situation it can still lead yeah. to a more permanent change. Yeah. To be fair, definitely. like the whole jumping on the bandwagon saying really gets thrown around, but it's like this is exactly the kind of cause where you want to be jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah. 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 It's not for clout, it's to actually make some change. Yeah. It's 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 to be a voice and say, you who we are here. Like yeah. you can't just excuse us away, you can't just put us in the corner of a field like the bands are here and they are just as good as Liam Gallagher. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. you know when Billie Eilish played Brendan Leeds the other year? Yeah. And she was originally on like the smaller stage headlining. Yeah. I feel like if there was a guy of her size, they would have been bumped up to main stage much quicker. Oh, definitely. And then she pulled the biggest crowd that they've like ever seen. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like you said earlier, they just don't like to kind of part of this assumption that yeah the only people that listen to women are women and so yeah. at a festival they wouldn't they either wouldn't pull the biggest crowd or we'd just be in the minority too much to justify a big slot but yeah. then also we are 50 percent of your ticket buyers yeah right <laughs> like, yeah it's like they've never seen statistics before <laughs> yeah yeah it is <laughs> It's like they all live under a rock and just come out every other... Yeah, just to book Liam Gallagher and then go back. They look at the charts and think, all right, okay, that'll do everyone in. Yeah. But even, like, say, looking at wireless and whatever, they've booked yeah. Megan Thee Stallion, they used her music to promote it, but she's not even... Well, headlining. Oh, like, no. if you're going They're to... They're literally like... using her to sell the tickets or yeah. putting a lower down on the day. Yeah. And it's like fucking Migos or whatever, but headline, I think. Yeah. have headlined it several times. <laughs> it is, it's that case of not wanting to rock the boat too much in case they don't make as much money as they did last time. And it's well, like, that's where also, I think 
like, can anyone really say that Megan Thee Stallion wasn't one of the biggest artists of the past 12 months? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Like, it's not a controversial thing to put her on a main stage. Yeah. Especially when you see, like, how much music blows up because of, like, TikTok. And these are the people who, the younger ones are the ones who are buying festival tickets. Like, that's your audience... People who are just finishing their GCSEs who want to go out all summer. People who yeah. have just done their A levels and want to get in, go in a field and get smashed. Yeah. These are the people you can just draw in really easily. Yeah, definitely. Put Megan Thee Stallion, put a big TikTok star on like Megan Thee Stallion, yeah. where she hasn't really done anything. It's just happened. She's yeah. massive in her own right, but TikTok yeah. had a massive impact on that. Yeah. It's like the amount of people who buy tickets will outweigh anything else. And then you've oh, got definitely. Reading and Leeds booking the sea shanty guy and the horror from TikTok. That's how you do TikTok wrong. Slots. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. will have people say, like, someone will tweet, like, TikTok's ruining the music industry yeah. or festivals in response to, like, the horror and the sea shanty guy. Yeah. Which, yes, I do think yeah. is a bit of a shit comment to make. But also, people will kick off at that. Yet they'll use, oh yeah, she's only known on TikTok. Yeah. If it's a female TikTok star. Yeah, it's good enough for one argument, but not good enough for the yeah. other one kind of thing. Yeah. No, it's 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 all it's all just mental. I think it's just so weird. I saw a great poster. I think it was last year, and it was. Um, I actually thought it was a real festival. It was Sausage Fest, and it was <laughs> yeah. all like it had the lineup of an old member, and it only took me a while. I was like, "Oh God, yeah, this is this is a joke," because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a real thing, and I thought, "Have they gone that far?" <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, it's it's sad. But again, it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant what you're doing. And when I heard from a couple of people that you were doing it, I, I really sort of wanted to chat and sort of get a feel. for it and all that kind of thing because I think it's incredible and I think more people across every sort of diversity in music need to be doing more at a grassroots level to really try and change things for the future thank you you. no problem and um, obviously if anybody kind of wants to follow you or anything like that um, how would they go about doing that Uh, we're at no man's land underscore live on Instagram and Twitter um, just No Man's Land Live on Facebook. And then there's a link tree in the bios on everything to join the mailing list, get your yeah. ticket, um, or yeah, just hop over to our other social medias. Yeah, brilliant. And are the tickets sort of available now to purchase? Yeah, are indeed. 15 quid on C tickets. Yeah. Yeah, and people need to get in fast, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yes, they yes. do. Yeah. <laughs> quick, quick, sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, she'll miss out and yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it, it sounds like a brilliant, brilliant day, and I wish you all the best for it. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. Thank you for having us. No problem. No, no, it's it's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you. Great. Okie doke. So, yeah, so yeah, that's the interview bit. <laughs> So there you have it, that was my conversation with the brilliant team behind No Man's Land. It was such a pleasure to chat with Katie, Eden and Neve. They're just really passionate about what they do and they've just got some great insight into sort of how things can get a little bit better and hopefully things will get better with more people picking up on the idea that they've started and just trying to showcase as many female artists as possible and try and show those sort of bigger festivals that you know you you can pick different bands every year 
look it's not that difficult but yeah hopefully you enjoyed that chat um as i said it was a great pleasure meeting them coming up i'm going to be dropping a track from one of the artists that is on the lineup for no man's land again if you would like to grab yourself a ticket for the 14th of august this year um, then feel free to head over to their social medias um, as they said no man's land underscore live for instagram or just no man's live or no man's land live sorry all one word on Facebook and just hit the link and you can just get everything you need to know as well as joining their mailing list. So there you have it. That was episode four of Inside the Industry. Coming up next week, I have a brilliant conversation with a great country artist called Amelia Quinn. She's based up in Leeds. However, she has started a great project called Whiskey Kisses that is all to do with supporting unsigned and independent artists in any way, shape or form, whether it's masterclasses, sort of little mini chit chats, just anything you could think of she has thought of it and done it and it was again just another brilliant interview with another person doing amazing things in the scene so yeah be sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already give us a like and a follow at barstool underscore music on instagram and twitter at barstool music uk on facebook and yep be sure to catch us next week also don't forget wednesday nights 10 p.m tune into switch radio to hear the barstool music show where i'll be dropping some more brilliant unsigned and independent music Right, with the final thing to do now is to wish you a goodbye and leave you with this track. It's called Little Trees and it's courtesy of Bryony Williams who will be performing at this year's No Man's Land Festival. So everybody, keep safe. I've been Luke Knowles and I'll see you again soon.
拜。